are listening to Eat Your Talk Tuesdays. We have on author of books and teach and countless other educational materials. This podcast is a safe place for teachers to share their incredible stories, struggles, and triumphs. The educational system, as we know it, has changed. Grace, Dr. Yvonne is here to help. Now, here's your host, Dr. Yvonne. Hello, 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 everyone, and thank you for joining your girl. This is your girl, Dr. Yvonne, the teacher that talks, and I am here with another episode. Um, last week, I missed because things were going on and was missing some stuff, so um, I'm here today, and I want to talk about programs in the school. We have libraries, we have nurses, we have these things that are supposed to be for our students' use. But I'm just trying to understand how is it that the students aren't allowed to check out books, but they want us to advocate the students to read. I'm a reading teacher. So one of the things for my students to do for homework is to read for at least 20 minutes every night. But how are they able to do that if they can't check out a book? And if they check out a book, I was told, the kids said that they can't check out chapter books. Well, what are they supposed to read? How are we enhancing their reading and improving their reading if they can't check out the necessary books and the things that they need to be able to enhance their reading? I'm just trying to figure out what is the purpose of it if it's not to help the students get what they need. I mean, they had a project that they had to do, and it was based on reading a book. They had to do the characterizations of the, the characters in the book, um, how, how their mannerisms, how they acted how they spoke, and they couldn't do the project because they couldn't check out a book. So I had to make sure that my students had a book that they could read to be able to do this do this activity. And it's really kind of hard to do when you don't have a classroom library anymore. Now, mind you, when I was in Illinois and Colorado, I had a huge library in my classroom. I ordered books for my students. I had a subscription to Scholastic and I, I just ordered books that I thought my kids might want to read and put things in, in place. We have a reading coach. We have a reading room where we can get books for the students to read, but they're all supposed to be based on the curriculum and they're not interested. The students don't want to read them. They're boring. I mean, I can order books from Scholastic that are dealing with informational text dealing with, um, you know, genre and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just trying to figure out how are the students supposed to be engaged in learning to read and wanting to read if they don't have access to books? We need to make things more readily available. In the neighborhood, you know, where I was, I could walk to the public library. It was easy to get to. Um, the public library had little spots where they did pop-ups where kids could check out books. The public library came to the school and signed up the kids to get a library card. We don't do that. So how are we advocating for our students to read to be able to bridge that gap? We need to be able to get librarians to come in and to make reading fun for our students to help them understand how to use a library, how to find books in the library, and how to do research. We can't even get our kids to do a research project because there's no materials in the library for them to do it. 
So how are we preparing them for college readiness? We say that all schools are supposed to be college readiness prepared, but are we really? Because that's one key element that students need to be able to do is be able to do research in a library, to be able to go find articles, books, and things that they need, even on the computer to do research. But the computer, the, the library doesn't have computers. I think they might have laptops or iPads, but they don't have computers where the kids can do research. And if they try to do research, the district has everything blocked. So how are they going to do research and how can you teach them how to do research if you can't use the materials and the, the, the machines that you have at school? The computers don't won't allow them to do it. The computers won't allow the teachers to, to pick up or research some things. So how are we supposed to teach our kids how to do these things, but all they want to do is feed them what they want them to know. Everything they want them to know, they put it in their curriculum or they put it on the Schoology or they put it on the page where all of the stuff is supposed to be get gotten from. But we're teaching everybody the same thing the same way. And kids are not really learning anything. They're not able to do research on their own. They don't have the capacity capacity or the capability to be able to go to a computer lab because we don't have a computer lab. I'm used to having a computer lab where kids go to the computer computer lab and learn how to do stuff on the computer. They learn how to do research. They learn how to do keyboarding. They learn how to type. They learn how to highlight and, and pull up documents and all of that stuff, how to download documents. Those are the things that they're supposed to learn in a technology class. But we don't have that. But yet you want the kids to be techno tech, what is it, technological technologically savvy, but we don't have enough technology for them to even be able to do that. I spend more time in my classroom trying to get kids to do assignments online on the computer and wasting time because they don't know how to log in. They don't remember their login, they can't remember their password. And then when you get them in there, you got to teach them over again how to get into the system to do the work that you want them to do. I don't know how many times I've taught my students how to go in, get a document, download it, type on it, save it, and upload it back to the computer, back to the classroom so I can grade it. Then that way we can put everything in the computer and the grades are already there. They don't know how to do it and we don't have time to do it because everything is set on a time frame. You have 10 minutes, to, two days to do this, three days to do that. Yep, my cat here, here's Kitty. She always in, 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 in my business. Um, we have so many days to, to teach stuff and we don't have time to teach the necessity. We don't have time to teach the nuances of how to do something. We just have to hit it and miss. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, we move on. But then if you're not successful, then I have to go back and reteach it. But I could have just took my time and taught it to begin with to make sure that it was taught to mastery. I mean, I'd rather teach something for a few days and get the majority of my students knowing how to do it. And that way they can help someone else than to just do it in one day and half of them don't know how to do it. And I'm spending half of my time trying to get them done. I gave an assignment last week. I was out um, half a day. I gave them an assignment that was on the computer, a district program. 
We've gone and we've used it several times before. I've shown them how to do it on the computer. I've given them access to it to do some on their own. And I gave them the assignment to do. And I told them, I'm like, I need you to finish this. And that was last Monday. And I checked with them over the, you know, last Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I came back around. I was like, how many of you didn't finish this assignment? A lot of them raised their hands. Some of them didn't. I'm like, okay, well, those of you who didn't finish the assignment, go in and complete the assignment because that's one of your grades and grades go in on the 13th. Okay, I did that. Yesterday, I came in, got on my computer, opened it up to look to see. All I had to do was grade the reading responses, the written responses, and the grades will automatically generate. When I tell you I went into my class, two classes, one class had 13 students who had done it out of 23. And they weren't complete. They were still in progress. This is a passage that probably had, no, not probably, it had six paragraphs. And the paragraphs were very small. It may have been three to four lines in each paragraph. And four multiple choice questions and a written response. Now, I've been teaching my students written response since the beginning of school on how to use the race method. Restate the question, answer the question, cite your evidence, and give an example, explain your answer. Plain and simple, you got five sentences right there if you do just that part. Why did I go in to grade the written responses that I had? Half of the kids didn't even answer the question that was asked. Didn't answer the question that was asked, but yet I'm supposed to be able to just run through this stuff and not say anything. And then I'm spending my time reteaching, trying to get them to get it done, and grades are due tomorrow. And I still, as of today, had probably half of my students who didn't pass it. They missed two out of four to multiple choice and didn't get the written response right. Go back, reread it, use the information from the text to help you answer the question. You don't have to guess and make up anything. The answer is right there in the text. Find the answer. The kids, I'm just going to say, are, are lazy. They don't want to do the work. They don't want to do the work. So we're steady pushing stuff at them, and they don't have the tools that they need to be able to do what they need to do. I had students tell me, oh, it won't let me type. What do you mean it won't let you type? It let me do this, but it won't let me do that. Okay, again, teaching them how to be able to maneuver material, how to use a computer. I went to them and I'm like, okay, well, what did you do? Okay, push this, refresh. Okay, refresh it, they could type. So why is it our students cannot do this? But we want them to do stuff on the computer. We want them to, to be using technology. Start test is on, on the computer. I told my students today, if you cannot pass this little assignment, reading six paragraphs and answering four multiple voice questions and doing a written response, if you cannot pass this, I can guarantee you will not pass star. We have to make sure that our kids are being diligent, but we're, they're so used to being spoon fed and someone giving them the answers and not having to do anything that they can't even do that. It is so frustrating trying to get students to do this stuff when all they want to do is sit up and talk and play and do whatever, but what they're supposed to do. I had one student in my room who, who took the time to sit there and make a paper glove. 
not a mitten, a glove, a, a, a piece of paper to fit on every finger. And he was trying it on. And I'm like, baby, what are you doing? Are you done with your work? Then he sits there and gets quiet and want to put his head down. I'm like, baby, take the glove off and do your work. Are you serious? Make that make sense for me. I've given you two assignments back that you failed, but you need to that you need to correct. But you have time to sit and play and put on a paper glove. I just don't understand. I do not understand what is going on. The other thing is we have kids always wanting to leave the classroom for something. Either they got to go to the bathroom, they got to get a drink of water, they want to go to the nurse. It, it, it's always a reason to be out of the classroom and not do their work. I, you know, the kids, they can go outside and play for recess. They can sit in the lunchroom. They can do everything they need to do when they don't need to do it. They don't ask to go to the bathroom when they're at lunch. They don't ask to go to the bathroom when they're at recess. But as soon as we come back in from recess, we line them up, take them to the bathroom. Everybody need to go, try to go, had a whole class. I don't have to go. Okay, if you don't have to go now, do not interrupt me once I get back to the classroom and start teaching. It's going to be time for you to do your work. And sure enough, as soon as they're getting into something that they don't want to do, oh, can I go to put up a little signal? I need to go to the bathroom. Is it an emergency? If it's not an emergency, hold it, sit there, and do what you need to do. Can I go get a drink of water? No. You're not dying of thirst. You'll be okay. Sit there and do your work. Get some work done. They don't want to work. They do anything to evade work. Or, oh, my finger hurt. I hurt myself. Can I go to the nurse? It's always something. And the other thing, the programs we have, the, the, the nurse's office. How is it that the nurse's office is closed during the time when kids are potentially going to need to go to the nurse. And that's during recess time. They out there playing and then I come in and all, oh, it has to be an emergency for me to see you. How is that? I mean, it shouldn't it be someone available at all times. So if someone falls and hurts themselves and it, it got to the point where, you know, that was like, oh, well, can you handle this on your own? Y'all should take some band-aids with y'all out to recess so you don't have to send them into the nurse's office all the time. You can take care of that on, on your own. Okay, but that's what the nurse's office is for. Even in class. Oh, that's something you could have handled in class. Really? So now I got to stop teaching to be the nurse? Why do we have these play, these things and programs in place if they don't want to do what they're supposed to do? Y'all out handing out, picking up envelopes for, for fundraisers and not doing what you're supposed to do in the nurse's office and the nurse's office closed, but then you want to tell me to do your job. We we gotta we gotta do something different. We have to make things available for students where they can feel. Like, it's for them. I mean, so what I'm supposed to tell the child, okay, you can go to the nurse, you can get sick, you can get hurt during this time and this time, but you can't get sick or hurt during this time frame and this time frame because you can't go to the nurse. But I'm supposed to be readily available in my classroom at all times. I'm supposed to be wherever y'all want me to be anytime you want me to be there, but other people who should be on point all the time 
can shut down their office and say we close, except for emergencies. Make that make sense. So we have to have programs in place that's really going to help our students when they need it. You know, the nurse's office is supposed to be for them to be able to go and, and get support and get help if they need to. Counselors should be readily available for students who are having issues and need to talk to somebody. But we have all these other places and then they want you to do restorative measures and restorative justice. And you sit down and talk with the kids and you try to figure this out and you try to work it out. I don't have a degree in psychology. I don't have a degree in sociology. Yes, I may have taken some of the classes. I took uh, education, psycho ed educational psychology or child psychology. I had to take all of that to get my educational degree. But I didn't major in that. I took what I needed to take to be able to pass my, my courses to do what I needed to do to get my certification. I didn't take those classes to be an in-classroom or in-house psychologist or sociolo uh, sociologist. That was not my plan. So we have to make sure we're going to have these programs that they need to be set up conducive to help our students. You know, you tell them to get a book to read, but they can't go to the library and get a book except for once a week. They go to the library and sometimes they can't even check out books. I mean, I understand, you know, check collecting them so they don't lose things over the breaks and all of that good stuff. But that's when you make them accountable. And if they don't bring them back or they lose them, you charge them. Don't stop people from doing stuff just because you don't want to deal with the hassle of the other stuff that go along with it. The kids need to be reading over the, over the winter break, but they can't check out books over the winter break. They have to turn all the books in. So how are they going to read? When are they going to read? They have nothing to read now. I don't know. I, you know what the sad part is? I don't even know where the public library is in, in the area by my district, by my school. Why does, well, I knew where the, pub, the uh, public library is by me. But I don't even think our students know where it is. And I think that's something that we should have. They need to have the people from the public library to come in and share with them some stuff that they want to do, give them some activities. Um, I remember in in Colorado and in Illinois, our librarians came in and they gave reading challenges for the summer. They got to read so many books, they got so many, they got a prize for it. You know, some of them was, you know, tickets to Six Flags or um, Elegis, which was in Colorado, was like an amusement park. What child wouldn't want to read seven books so they could get a free ticket to go to an amusement park? I mean, you should be willing to have all your kids participate in that. You can get all your kids to go and you don't have to pay for it. But we don't give our kids the incentive to do those things because we don't give them the materials they need to be able to do it. You have some kids who are going to read anyway. But for those kids who are struggling readers, give them the books that they need to read. Help them improve to get to their level. I mean, even if they read it on the lower level, at least they read something. But we just seem to take away all the avenues for our kids to be able to have extracurricular stuff. We want to put them in all of these programs. And I tell my kids today, I love doing after school stuff. I just did a mime team at my school for the first time they've ever had one. And they did a beautiful job for the Christmas program. And they're looking forward to Black history. They already want to know when we're doing another program. When are we dancing again? 
And I, I don't have a problem doing that. But what I have a problem with is I have some of these same kids are sitting in the classrooms not doing any work. You're failing, but yet you're you're doing something. And I believe me, I am an advocate for giving kids an outlet and giving them a place to 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 be able to be free and to express themselves. But at what cost? Because some work has to be done. You have to be doing your work at some point in time. When I taught in middle school, I coached basketball, track, cross country, and all of those all of those sports had eligibility forms. If you were not passing your classes, you could not participate. Now, that might seem a little harsh for elementary school students, but we have to teach them and train them the right way. We can't let them think, oh, I can fail all of my classes and cut up in school and not do anything, but I can still participate in the choir. I can still be on the mime team. I can still be a part of the dance team. When are we going to hold them responsible? It's okay to have these programs, but there has to be some type of consequence or qualification or requirement for them to be able to stay in those programs. I believe wholeheartedly that everyone needs an avenue and you're not going to do nothing. But if you train them, if you can do it with me after school, you can do it in class. If you can act right with me after school for an hour and a half, you can act right in school because you've already proven to me that you can. So you can't cut up in your classrooms and continue to think, oh, well, I can still do my after-school stuff even if I cut up. But see, in the middle school, you would get suspended. You would go to ISS, which is in-school suspension, or you'd be on probation from that, from that activity that you wanted to be a part of until you got your act together or until you got your grades up to par. You had to sit out. You could still go. You could still go and support your team, but you could not participate. So we we have to start teaching our kids that these are the things that's going to be expected of them when they get older. Otherwise, we just giving them programs after program and they're not learning anything. And like I told them, you all be involved in all of these programs and doing all of this stuff after school and they passing you on to the next grade and you haven't learned anything and they're going to keep passing you on to the next grade and you're not learning anything until you finally get to the point where you're in high school and you're ready to graduate and you don't know anything and you don't have enough credits to graduate. But you've participated in all of these programs and got all of these people coming to watch you to see you, but no one has advocated for you to make sure that you get your education. What's more important, the programs or the education? We can add all of these programs. But if you're not doing what you need to do in the classroom, you're defeating the purpose. Hey, maybe said hi to me. All right, somebody on YouTube said hi to me. Um, <laughs> I can't see who it is. But thank you for joining me. Um, so we have to make sure that we do some things different when it comes to our students and being able to get them prepared and ready. It's okay to have programs, but we need programs that are going to actually enhance them. If we're going to have libraries, if we're going to have, I mean, true, the librarian we have is not a library. It's, she's subbing. Um, <laughs> I just want to do this. 
So we have to make sure that they get what they need so they can be productive, so they can make um, good choices in life and be able to make good decisions and sound decisions and make sure that they have what they need. So that's all my soapbox for today. And I will not be here probably for the next couple of weeks because we'll be going on break as of Friday and I'm excited. So y'all just pray my strength that we can make it through to the end of that. We've made it through to the end of this year. (laughs) Um, So we can get through and we have in our parties on Friday. I'm excited about that. I have some gifts for my students. I'm really excited and I can't wait to see them and um, get some things done. Okay, my cat is walking on my computer. I'm trying to get done before she cut me out and shut me down. Um, but I'm excited about where we're going and what we're doing. And they're doing projects. Uh, I hope you have your project tomorrow because you had to present. Uh, so they have their projects that they're presenting for their final grade for tomorrow. So I'm excited about that. And hopefully that's the last thing I have to put in the grade for before we go and we can just enjoy ourselves the last couple of days. So again, this has been your girl, Dr. Yvonne, the teacher that talks and I am signing out and hopefully you all can join me in two weeks when we come back after the break and we will be able to go out and and get out (laughs) and take care of those things. All right. Y'all be good. I love y'all. Hey. All right, baby. I'm I'm finna head out and I will talk to you all later. It's your girl, Dr. Yvonne, Teachers at Talks. Peace. You are listening to Teacher Talk Tuesdays. And countless other educational materials. This is a safe place for teachers to share their incredible stories, struggles, and Educational wisdom has been has changed. Dr. Yvonne is here to help. Hello. I did the wrong one. I'm so sorry. Uh, thought that was the outro. All right, y'all. We out. Peace.